almost everybody downtown had something that they'd experienced that they couldn't quite explain. Have you ever wondered if the ghosts from the past still haunt the historic areas of our fair city? There was that prickly feeling on the back of your neck uh, and uh, the realization that perhaps you were not alone in the room. Could the echoes of Plano's past still reverberate in the halls of the historic building? The story goes that you can hear ghostly piano music playing in the house. To get some answers, we take you to Plano's most haunted places, just in time for Halloween, next on Plano Podcast. Welcome to Plano Podcast, tales of curiosity and character. I'm your host, Tammy Hooker. And I'm producer Mary Jacobs. We're glad you found the coolest little on-air joint inside of Plano. And just outside of what you might expect. Could Plano be haunted? Many residents and business owners in the historic downtown say yes. And one person collected those stories and put them into a book. I'm Mary Jacobs, and I'm the author of Haunted Plano. Yes, that's Mary Jacobs, also Plano podcast producer. The way this happened, really the way the book got started, was I had been thinking it would be great if downtown Plano did a ghost tour. And it turned out that Michelle Hawkins with the city of Plano also had been tinkering with that idea and a couple of other people. So we sat down and I said, let's get this rolling. And she said, I've been meaning to get this rolling. But one of the things that was holding her back was that someone had offered to write the script and their budget was like thousands of dollars. And of course, the city didn't want to spend money on that. So I said, I'll write the script. So I spent a couple of months in 2017, just going kind of door to door downtown and talking to people and collecting their stories. Almost everybody downtown had something that they'd experienced that they couldn't quite explain and that they thought could, you know, who knows, be supernatural or related to something that had happened in the past. By the time the first apparition expedition event took place in 2017, I had written about 5,000 words. So I thought 5,000 words, what's another 25,000? I'll write a book. You don't have to believe in ghosts to enjoy this book. Mary says it's more about history. I don't really believe in ghosts, but I love ghost stories. A, a place has to be old and it has to have a history in order to have ghost stories, for the most part. And uh, ghost stories to me are part of what makes a city interesting and kind of alive in a way. I'm capturing stories that everybody maybe knew when this was a small town and that maybe got lost as we became a bigger, a big city. We asked Mary to pick the three most haunted places in Plano. I would say the best story I got came from Jamie Jameson at the Art Center Theater of Plano. My name is Jamie Jameson. I'm the executive director of the Art Center Theater in Plano. We had a location, the original Art Center Theater location was in downtown Plano at 14th and Avenue K, uh, and it had been there for a very long time. That's where Shinola is today. The building had some history. It also had been uh, a funerary. Uh, uh, there's some conjecture on whether or not it was an actual funeral parlor or an actual mortuary or a combination of the two. We did find spigots when we tore down some walls that emptied out into a, a, a container in the back. And there was one evening, rather late, uh, it was a little warm um, up in that booth. My business partner at the time, Angela, was down on the stage 
um, moving some things around and getting getting ready for uh, a tech day and a show day. And I was up in the booth moving some cues and, and recording some things and very concentrated and focused on what I was doing. And we would yell back and forth from, to each other on what was going on. And as I was working on some of the things in the booth, I felt, you know, how you can feel when someone is behind you. It, not necessarily breath. There was that prickly feeling on the back of your neck uh, and the, the realization that perhaps you were not alone in the room or warmth that you just are aware that there's a presence <laughs> behind you. And of course, I assumed it was her. And so I, I, I did not look, but I paused what I was doing. And I said, you know, uh, you know, give me a, I don't even remember exactly what I said. It was something to the effect of give me a minute or hold on. Um, and uh, I, I finished what I was doing. And I turned it as I turned um, to my right. It was just long enough to see a fully formed female's face um, for just a brief moment. And as I looked, I looked back towards the stage and I realized that Angela was still down on the stage. Uh, and I turned back just in time to see it not necessarily rise, but disappear into the rafters of the of the ceiling almost almost like it was pulling back or pulling away um, there was some translucence or transparency it really wasn't a fully formed person there was a face uh, that I could definitely make out but as far as a full figure a full form I never actually saw that because I, I glanced at the face and I thought it was her and then I glanced back because I heard a sound and, and could tell that she was still there uh, and, and of course, I, I think I ripped out several seats getting out of the booth uh, that day and getting downstage. The Art Center Theater has since moved to another location away from downtown. And Jamie is happy to report that their new space is not haunted. However, he says there's an object stored at the new location that is haunted. The piano that's behind you was donated to us by an individual whose mother was a piano teacher for 30 years and she passed. Over months and in time, you know, it will make sounds uh, if it's alone or, or if there's, there's no one in the room and you know, you're down the hall, you'll hear it plinking a little bit. Um, sometimes the, the keyboard cover um, will, will flop down in the middle of conversation. There have been children who have said, you know, they smell perfume by the piano or things like that. Another one of Plano's most haunted places is a beautiful rambling old home on 16th Street that looks haunted. It's the Carpenter House. My name's Lisey Poole, and I am the owner of the Carpenter House in Plano. I always wanted to live in a house where I thought that the kids on the street would point at it and say, a witch lives there. That one is a favorite because it just looks like a haunted house from the outside. It's a big old rambling, beautiful Victorian. The house was built in 1898, which is a year after Bram Stoker's Dracula was published. And uh, it took, I think, about two years to complete. Uh, because if you're at all familiar with Victorian architecture, um, a lot of it was mail order from Sears Roebuck that you could buy pre prefab, well, not prefab, but you could get the components of the house. And that's why a lot of Victorian houses across the country are very similar in style. Where Well, this one was all bespoke. So the trims and everything were handmade, which makes it very unique. 
Um, and we ha- we've kept a lot of the original um, details of the house. But I think the house kind of has a little bit of a personality, sort of this proper Victorian lady. Lisi wanted to purchase another historic home in the downtown area, but it fell through. Then the Carpenter House went on the market. So we were just, by complete coincidence, um, in a position to buy this magical house that sort of serendipitously appeared on the market at the exact right time. Um, wasn't what we were looking for, you know, so it was, it all just kind of fell together um, very unexpectedly. <laughs> there is certainly our fair share of strange knocking and creaking in particular when we first moved into the house and there wasn't any furniture none of the rooms are square so every room either has a bay window or is part of the turret so and the ceilings are quite high uh so echoes bounce very unpredictably which is pretty scary sometimes um for example if someone's walking outside on the porch it sounds like someone's walking upstairs and sometimes uh, doors opening and closing as the house shifts, or they will sound like someone's knocking on them. And also because the windows um, are textured or are old glass, reflections don't quite bounce how you expect. So when you're walking past them, you'll see things out of the corner of your eye. Lisey's seen and heard a few things that she can't explain. I have seen a figure upstairs uh, near the upstairs turret room that was a woman um, dressed in white, presumably a bride in sort of a late Edwardian pre-World War I style gown. And I saw her out of the corner of my eye. I was told that the lady of the house, um, Colonel Overacre's wife, played piano. And uh, she had a nice, beautiful piano shipped in from the East Coast and would play in the front parlor. And as people were riding in from out of town to go to downtown, they would stop in the yard to listen to her play, which would have been quite a treat because there wasn't any TV or radio or anything like that. The story goes that you can hear ghostly piano music playing in the house. And we just acquired a piano. So I'm hoping that now that we have an actual piano, maybe we'll hear some piano music, but I haven't heard it yet. The most unique haunting I've ever experienced is we have foxes, um, fox spirits. So I was told before we moved in that uh, foxes had burrowed in underneath the house. And uh, as far as I know, there aren't any there anymore, but we did find a fox jaw under the house um, that I now keep on the mantle. And I've seen um, bushy tails uh, kind of darting too quickly uh, to be a real fox, I think, in and out, and um, sometimes hear yips. But yeah, there's definitely, if you're sensitive to, to spirits, I sense their presence of, uh, of the foxes under the house. But they're, they're very pleasant haunting. <laughs> the Carpenter House also as a well. If you've ever seen The Ring, <laughs> where that scary girl Samara comes out of the well, that's pretty terrifying um, to have in your house. But um, I love it. Uh, the It doesn't have a ton of water in it, like I said, but um, it smells great. It's got that petrichor smell, like rain. Well, 
I feel pretty prepared to get any evil spirits out of here if I have to. Bang some pots and pans, throw some salt on the, the doorway. So I, I feel pretty confident in my ability as a witch to get any ghosts out of here. But um, the first night that we spent the night here, my husband was terrified. He had never grown up in an old wooden house, so he wasn't used to the creaking and the noises and stuff. So we're, we're laying in bed and it was quite windy. So the back uh, fence uh, door slammed open really loudly. And this was after like, you know, hours of like branches scratching and like the house creaking. Finally, my husband goes, he's hey, are you awake? And I'm like, well, now I am. And he's like, I'm scared to move. But I think the house kind of has a little bit of a personality, sort of this proper Victorian lady. So um, I think like when I do things in the house, if I'm cleaning or if I'm painting something or fixing stuff up, if you approach it as, like you said, caring for a plant or something, that, that it's an interaction, that you're, you're taking care of it, that you're helping it, and that it's a partnership. Um, if you personify the house in that way, I think it responds in kind. And you definitely feel as though the house has affection for you and wants you to be there and is going to try to behave <laughs> a little bit. Um, so, but for no other reason than to just selfishly try to stave off uh, old house problems <laughs> with things falling apart and breaking, um, you should make friends with your house. I think that that's a good suggestion. <laughs> Are you enjoying this episode of Plano Podcast? If so, you can join our growing list of patrons. Visit planopodcast.com and click on the support tab for more information. Now, back to the show. Mary says there were some stories that didn't make it into the book. You have the, the living dead and the dead dead. The living dead are people who are still known to people who are still alive. So even if they died 50 years ago, someone might still be grieving them. Someone might still be missing them. Um, and then, of course, the dead dead are the ones who everyone that knew, knew them have since passed away. So my book is only about the dead dead. I didn't want to kind of go there where people might read the story and say, oh, that was my son. But I did hear some stories of some living dead. Um, one woman who came to one of my talks about the book came up to me and said, she had been in a house in uh, Plano, and she was looking at this house to possibly purchase it, and she felt a very, very strong presence, not malign, but very strong presence and a sense that she needed to sit in this room and just be there for a little while. And so she sat, and she said the presence was was good. It was a benign presence, and but it seemed to be maybe lonely. And this person was not a believer of ghosts, but she felt this very strongly. And she later found out that a, a, a boy, a teenage boy, had killed himself in that house. Of all the spooky stories in all the old buildings that Mary visited in downtown Plano, here's the one she likes the most. So Plano's most haunted building, in my opinion, is... The Masonic Lodge downtown, it's just diagonally across from the Dart Rail Station. And first off, it's just a great old building. It's, um, it's a little creaky, uh, but it's still the same building they used to have. 
And um, they have, there's a brother at, is in the lodge now, one of the Masons, whose name is Kevin Main, and he has collected stories over the years. And he just does a great job of telling these stories. Members of the lodge have reported sounds of mysterious footsteps, furniture moving across the floor, and unexplained sounds of children laughing. As a result, some members won't go into the lodge alone at night. Mary has a theory for why the Masonic Lodge is so haunted. Here she is reading from her book. The ancient Celts used the term thin places to describe places where the veil between this life and the next is thin. Masons spend a lot of time pondering this life as well as the next. To become a Mason, you must go three degrees representing the main phases of life, youth, manhood, and finally old age and death. And yes, that's where the expression the third degree originates. It's not morbid. It's a reflection on the briefness of our earthly existence and the importance of living well during our short time in this realm. While it's not a religious organization, Masons do believe in the immortality of the soul. Maybe that's what makes this Masonic Lodge a thin place, a space where the spirits feel at home. It's something to ponder. If you want to read the stories for yourself, here's how. Haunted Plano is a book published in 2018 by the History Press, and you can find it at the Interurban Railway Museum in downtown Plano. And all the proceeds from the sale of the book there go to the museum and the conservancy. You can also find it on Amazon. And thank you for listening to Plano Podcast. We've reached the end of another edition of Plano Podcast. Tales of Curiosity and Character. We hope you've enjoyed today's topics and discussion. Remember to support us on Patreon and to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Send your feedback, ideas, and comments our way. Thanks for listening and subscribing. We'll be waiting for you at our back corner booth. Until next time. (laughs) 